space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. I'm a certifiable Star Trek geek. <laughs> always have been, always will be. Star Wars is okay, but Star Trek's where it's at. As Brendan would say, it's the bomb diggity. <laughs> There's just something about setting out and exploring new places that has always captivated me doesn't matter to me which TV series or movie series it is, old or new. I enjoy watching them all. The backstory is mankind finally learns to live in peace with all people of all nations just in time to come into contact with life forms from other solar systems, which brings with it new conflicts to overcome. The original series with Kirk and Spock takes place in the 23rd century. The next generation takes place in the 24th. Both are set far into the future. I recently started binge watching. The latest series, or the last, the last series that was made, which was Enterprise. Enterprise relates the story of the first Starfleet ship to bear the name Enterprise and Earth's first adventures into exploring the galaxy. Still pretty far-fetched, I know. However, as I started thinking about the setting of this story, the 22nd century, it occurred to me that the 22nd century is only 84 years away. While I'll never see the year 2100, it occurs to me that as our lifespans increase and a greater number of people live past the age of 100, some of my scouts, even some of my own sons, may well see the dawning of the 22nd century. So you're wondering, what does Star Trek have to do with Jeremiah? Not a whole lot. I just wanted to watch Star Trek this morning. <laughs> now, it does have this reoccurring idea, this, this line, to boldly go. Jeremiah receives a call from God. He's called to go to the people of Judah. His mission is to bring a warning to Judah to repent and turn back to God or suffer the same fate as Israel. It's not a message many would volunteer to deliver. Then consider the fact that Jeremiah is most likely still a teenager when God call, comes calling. 
what would your response be? Have you ever wondered what God's thinking when he calls people? Jeremiah, Samuel, Joseph, Daniel, Timothy, Mary, all of them young and inexperienced, but with a heart for God and a willingness to serve him. God doesn't wait till we grow up, get a degree, get the right training to call us. Teenagers are amazing creatures, aren't they? <laughs> it is church. I had to. <laughs> they have so much potential, so much uncertainty. Their bodies, emotions, hormones, even their voices are in a constant state of flux. Not many of them would be considered to be in a comfort zone. Maybe that's why they respond so well to God's call. They don't weigh what they might have to give up in order to follow God. They don't weigh, they, they embrace the adventure and the uncertainty that comes with boldly going forth. What could we accomplish if none of us lived in a comfort zone? Ever ready to seek out new experiences? To boldly go where God is leading us? You know, I can't find any biblical references that promise that we will enjoy relaxing in a comfort zone. Have you, Eric? You found that one? Moses was out in the wilderness herding sheep for his father-in-law when God called him from his comfort zone and sent him to Pharaoh. Our youth are stepping out of their comfortable surroundings when they go on mission trips. I would dare say the ladies behind the soup kitchen ministry have stepped out of their comfort zone and able to embrace that mission. By the way, Sharon, I had somebody show up Wednesday night looking for dinner. So, <laughs> My scouts are learning and developing scouting skills. But really what they're doing is preparing for what God has called them to do. In scouting, as in life, we never know when we will be called on to help or serve others. Through scouting, I've had the opportunity to interact with many young men. They, in turn, have the opportunity to interact with others in scouting and in elsewhere. Just last summer, seven young men from our troop served the entire summer at scout camp spreading their influence in turn to other scouts as well as their leaders. When you start thinking about how your influence can spread through one scout to others and then multiply it 
by all the scouts who pass through our Boy Scout troop and our Cub Scout pack, it's mind-boggling to think how many lives will be influenced by this program alone. Pretty soon I began to realize that though I may never see see it, the boys of this troop will be influencing what happens in the 22nd century. What if we approach our church's mission statement the same way? How many people could be brought to Christ through our efforts? Even in the 22nd century, people will be brought to Christ by what we're doing right now. In the up pledge, the new promises to make a difference through his training and experience to positively affect his troop and community as well as those he comes into contact with. Millions of scouts over more than a century have made a positive, lasting influence on their communities, ours notwithstanding. I work hard to show the boys while they are working on a service project that while a badge or a recognition might be what they're focused on at the moment, the lasting benefit of their efforts is what will transform their community. Throughout history, young people have brought about amazing changes to the world around them. In the 15th century, Joan of Arc was 16 when she convinced the crown prince of France that she was called by God to free France from English rule. She led the French army to victory at Orléans, turning the tide in the Hundred Year War. Born in the 19th century, Louis Braille lost an eye due to an accident at the age of three. Shortly afterwards, an an infection robbed him of sight in his remaining eye. In a time when blind people were thought to be unable to read and write, Braille, at the age of 15, developed a system of writing for the blind using a grid pattern of raised dots enabling the written language to be translated to the visual impaired. We even have a merit badge now that exposes the scouts to reading Braille. You don't think any of leading an army or inventing something is in your cards? Then consider the impact of a teenage Jewish girl and what her life, how she has affected all of our lives. Who's, who in here has read The Diary of Anne Frank or seen one of the movies made based on that? She didn't, even, she didn't plan to change the world. She was just an average teenage girl writing her thoughts in her diary. She was 15 when she made her final entry. 
I guess the point of all this is God knows each and every one of us. He knew us as he was forming us within, his, within our mother's womb. He knew what we were capable of. He knew to whom he would send us. He knew what our mission would be before we were born. And where, whether you are at the beginning of your life's journey or nearing its completion, God calls us all to explore new frontiers, to make our training and experience count, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I've asked some of my scouts who served on staff last summer at the H.O. Barrel Scout Reservation to come forward and share some of their thoughts about stepping out of their comfort zone and serving others. So I'm going to uh, introduce Blake Broderson. Uh, Blake is 17. He's an Eagle Scout. This was his uh, second year on staff at camp. Uh, he's a runner in the tribe of Mikasei. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Kevin for giving me the opportunity to speak here. I'm very honored, so thank you, Kevin. Um, in terms of stepping out of my comfort zone, I'd like to talk about my first year on staff. My brother served on staff before me, and he's part of the reason that I was so interested in it. I saw these guys who went down there, and granted, they forfeit their whole summer to go down and serve on this bunch of wacky guys who helped out young boys. I thought, well, that sounds fun, and it sounds crazy at the same time. But I decided in my fourth year as a camper, I thought, next year I'm going to apply for staff. I want to give it a try. I was accepted, and I remember that when I got my acceptance letter and when I got the job, I remember thinking, yes, great. But I also remember thinking, well, there goes my summer. (laughs) It's a double-edged sword, and I've heard about it many times from my friends who don't want me to go away. I remember getting down to camp, and, you know, my mom's taking pictures, she's hugging me goodbye, you know. I remember walking into my cabin, and it's pretty much empty. There's one guy who's already there. I remember sitting on my bed. I had all my stuff unpacked, and I just kind of sat there, and I scratched my head. And I thought, what have I gotten myself into? It was that little moment of regret. I was like, I won't get to see almost any of my friends the entire summer. I'm down here with, you know, my brother is here, and a few of my friends that I've met, but A lot of these guys I don't know. And I started to get worried. I was like, well, what if I'm not cut out? What if I don't want to do this? And then I remember, you know, my only cabinet at the time, because he was the only one that had arrived, he walked in and he said, hi. I was like, hey, what's up? He was like, what's your name? Oh, my name's Blake. Oh, okay. He was like, well, where are you from? It was like a regular conversation. He just started it up. And I, you know... I was like, well, I'm from Warsaw. And he's like, that's like 20 minutes from here. He's like, you're not far away from home at all. And I said, well, yeah. Well, where are you from? And he was way up past Kansas City. I remember thinking, wow, here I am, 20 minutes from home. 
like less than a phone call. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm standing here face to face with someone who's more than four hours away from home. You know, I can, you know, go out on a visitor Sunday. I can run to my house and pick up clothes, make my mom wash my dirty clothes, something like that. (laughs) He doesn't get that opportunity. And it was, it was an amazing experience to get to know this kid because he was so welcoming. You know, I'm sitting on my bed. I'm kind of solemn faced. I don't want to talk to anyone. Didn't know what I wanted to do. And he just walked in and he was ready to talk to me. He was ready to bring me out of my comfort zone, my little cage that I was in. You know, he took me outside. He was like, hey, meet my friends. Meet these guys that I've grown up with. He had friends down there. And I was the only one from the troop at the time that was new to staff. My brother and Christian had been there before, but I was the newest member. So I got to meet all of these guys and it made me realize, I was like, I can know all of these older guys on the staff that they, they've been here forever. I'm, I can meet them and get to know them, but they won't be around forever. If I decide to come back, maybe they won't. Maybe they have to continue their schooling, their education at college, but maybe these guys won't. And I thought, it's a good thing that I can step out of my comfort zone, meet new people who are my same age, who might come back with me year after year until we decide not to come back and let Younger guys after us take over. It's a great way to open yourself up, to meet newer people, to step out of your comfort zone. Uh, And then, well, before I step down and let somebody else take over the the box, the soap box, I wanted to share a story with you guys. Um, It sort of has something to do with stepping out boldly, but it also has to do with one of the two of the greatest life lessons that I can that I think everyone should remember. Uh, Last year, I worked on the rifle range staff. We taught boys how to handle guns properly, how to shoot them, taught them how to become proficient shooters. The only downside to working at the rifle range, because I loved it there, was that it was so far away from everything. To maintain a safe range, we have to keep it removed from everything else. So, you know, people don't just wander down there, because that would be a big problem. It was after morning merit badges, and I was really, really tired. And I was walking up, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the trading post. I'm hungry. And I walked up there, and I bought some Starburst, my usual snack. And everybody outside the trading post is, they're happy. They're, everyone's excited, except for one little boy. And I've always kind of thought that a newer staff member is always a senior camper. And I could tell that this boy was most definitely a newer camper because he's sunburnt, he's tired, he's covered in sweat, and his water bottle's empty. Everybody else is happy. They're watching the bees around the trash can, doing all that goofy stuff except this one little boy. If I wanted to, I could have, you know, just turned on my heel and walked away. But I thought, he needs, somebody needs to talk to him. So I walked over to him and I said, hey, bud, what's up? He's like, nothing. I was like, well, what's the matter? Why aren't you having fun? He was like, are you bored or something? He was like, no, I'm just, I, I don't know. He's just, I just feel really homesick. He's like, I want to go home. And I was like, well, why? He said, I don't know. I just kept getting that I don't know. And I was like, well, 
I, what have you enjoyed so far about camping? He's like, I love the Ecology Lodge and all the snakes. Everybody loves the snakes. <laughs> and I was like, well, do you want to go there with me? I was like, I can take you up there. He's like, well, they wouldn't let me hold any snakes. And I was like, well, my brother works there. I'll see about letting you hold a snake or two. So I walked up there with him, and, you know, I was like, here you go. And we have this big albino snake that all the kids love to hold. And I asked my brother, I was like, hey, you mind if I pull her out? And then I was like, sure. And I pull her out, and then I was like, here you go. And so this kid is holding the snake, and he just lights up. He's so excited to be holding the snake. He's like, he didn't think he was going to get to hold it. And he just got so excited, and he's happy, and there are boys just crowding around him because... I guess none of them have gotten to hold that snake yet. And eventually I ended up just, you know, going on my way and left him to himself. And I remember later on that evening after dinner, I'm walking back to my cabin. I wasn't thinking anything about it. I had a night off. And I hear somebody whistle. And if any, if any of you are like me, you hear a whistle, you got to wheel around. You know, is it me? Are they talking to me? Well, sure enough, it was. It was a leader, and he walks up to me, and he says, I wanted to thank you. And I was like, well, what for? He says, I saw you at the Ecology Lodge with, you know, this young man. He's like, you have no idea how much that meant to him. He was having such a bad day. And just seeing him light up because you took him there and let him hold this snake, got him to be able to hold this snake. It is the most wonderful thing I've seen so far at camp. And he just thanked me over and over. And it made me feel so great inside. And it was one of those things, and, it, it, and I'd like to think that it ties back to that go boldly. I could have walked away from the boy, let him sit there, you know, and be more sunburnt than he already was. But instead, I went up and I talked to him. I stepped out of my comfort zone, and I brought the boy out of his comfort zone, and he was happy. And it, and it kind of ties back to one of my favorite life lessons. Always be kind to others. Always love everyone. Because in my opinion, a face is the greatest mask that anyone can wear. Thank you. Go next. Next one is uh, Brendan Dockery. Uh, Brendan is 16, uh, an Eagle Scout. This was his first year on staff at camp, and he's a fire builder in the tribe of Mikasay. Good morning. I'm going to talk about Boy Scout camp, kind of like what Blake did. This past summer, I had the privilege to work at H. Robardo Scout Reservation for right around 70 days. We go down, and we teach kids different merit badges. I had the privilege of teaching children from 11 to 16 years old how to mold things out of clay, make things out of clay. I taught pottery and sculpture. Um, I instructed them on how to make different pots, animals, faces, and any, anything their imaginations could come up with. I let them kind of run wild every once in a while. My, third, my first thought of working on staff came to me when I was taught pottery by my older brother, Christian. This was my first year at camp. I was almost 11. I wasn't quite 11 yet, but 
I was learning pottery from my older brother, and I thought that was the best thing in the world. I thought he was amazing, and I wanted to be like him on staff and teach other children how to do things and how to let their imaginations kind of take over. I wanted to be like him, basically. I wanted to be like my older brother. Now, when the time came to actually fill out the application before summer camp, I hesitated a bit. And the reason I hesitated was because as a freshman in high school, thinking about giving away your entire summer, being away from the friends that you've known for years, being away from your hometown and everything for 70 straight days is pretty scary. But I thought about it for a bit and realized that helping young scouters out is one of the most important things that I could think of. Letting kids understand new things that they haven't learned yet. I felt important whenever I finally went down and started teaching these kids new things. I felt like I was making a difference in the world, letting these kids have new experiences, leaving a lasting impression on them. But again, like I said, it was a scary experience. Whenever you go down to camp, you stay in a cabin that has four people in it. Now, usually, you go down and you have to find three strangers, usually, to spend 70 days with. And that can be really scary, too. I was on the lucky end. I had two of my friends going down on first-year staff with me. Isaiah was one of them, and Coulter Hetherington was the other one, so... Us three, friends for a while, and we only had to find one other person to be in the cabin with. We did, and it was just fine all summer. But I can't imagine how some other people can just find three strangers that they can be friends with for 70 days. Scouting can give you so many experiences that can change your life. I've had a lot of experiences with scouting, going to different states, meeting a lot of new people, having a lot more leadership experiences through scouting. And summer camp added another one. What Boy Scout camp does gives you a major way, gives you responsibility and a major way to meet new people. You have to control classes, teach the children, keep them entertained so they don't get bored and fall asleep on your tables, <laughs> and also make sure that they understand what you're teaching them. So you have to know what you're teaching them. Camp also brings a way to meet people from different countries even. This past year we had a, um, an older boy from Ecuador that worked on staff with us. And it was amazing hearing his experiences, what he does in scouting in a different country. So it's an amazing way to meet new people. Now, there are a lot of great things that can come from camp. New people, meeting campers that you might see for years to come, coming back, leaving lasting impressions on those campers, so hopefully they will come back for years. Hopefully they'll end up working on staff like I did. I camped for five years at... Um, Bartle as a camper, and then last year was my first year on staff, so I've spent six of my summers at H.O. Bartle. 
And the past six summers, I have learned so many different things, met so many different people, and experienced some of the best things that I ever will in my life. And I do plan on returning back to Atro Bartle every summer, life permitting, because <laughs> eventually I do have to move on and get an actual job that <laughs> pays more than $40 a week. Being able to shape a young person's life is one of the best feelings that you can ever have. Teachers know this. Um, if you ever worked at any kind of summer camp, instructors, counselors know this. But seeing how happy you can make children and hear them go back and see their, them go back to their leaders talking about it and have their leaders come to you saying, that their, um, that their campers really enjoyed your lesson today and that whatever you're doing, keep it up. Having that come back to you is probably one of the best feelings that you can ever have. But the first step is going out of your comfort zone, applying to staff, thinking about being away from your home for about 70 days straight. Stepping out of your comfort zone can always bring new and exciting experiences that could possibly change your life for good. Thank you. Uh, final speaker we have this morning is Isaiah Kaler. Isaiah is a life scout, hopefully for not much longer. No pressure. Uh, this was his first year on uh, camp staff, and he is a fire builder in the truck, make a say as well. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> okay. Well, unlike my two friends here, when I was signing up that paper to get on staff, I didn't really have any older brothers because I, I'm the oldest sibling. So uh, nobody really inspired me to go. So I took quite a leap of faith doing staff. Um, that's really the be bold thing. That's huge leap of faith. The only people I could re really rely on and relate to were my two friends, Brendan and Coulter. He was the other guy. And I had quite a lot of fear because only two people to relate to out of everyone there. All the people you teach to, all of the guys you work with, it was terrifying. I, I'm not really good with uh, talking to people, I suppose. And it was really rough at first because, like I said, scary people, scary things. <laughs> the fear was mostly in classrooms, though, because I had to teach giant groups of kids that were intimidating because they were just large amounts, and I had to talk to them and actually speak and teach. And I figured I would choke up and, you know, keel over, and they'd have to take me to the, you know, medical, wherever. <laughs> um, another really scary thing not just big groups of little kids but even small groups of older kids 16, 17 I was just a scrawny 15 year old who had to teach them and relate and uh, not being good with words I couldn't really do that well but 
it, it got easier over time. I learned how to actually interact with younger kids and relate to older kids. But fear was also in other places, like the cafeteria with the food. Sort, sort of mutated. Yeah. And um, besides the fear, I had plenty of excitement because this was brand new to me. Even though I took that leap of faith and I was terrified, I was also very excited. There were plenty of people to meet, plenty of things to do. I could learn and grow as a person. I could just be better everywhere, not just at scout camp, but I could be a better son at home and learn to be a better person at a real job someday. So I figured that would be another good reason to do it. Yeah. And towards the middle of my staff experience, I started to uh, get into a routine. I could teach kids and not, you know, choke up and, you know, mess it up. I could talk to the older guys, and they would have a great time and learn stuff and have fun. And uh, it worked out. And at the end, I realized something. It's that uh, just because you're older and you're probably smarter and more experienced doesn't mean you can't learn a few things from somebody younger than you. And that went both ways, not just for me teaching the older guys and them learning, it was also from the younger guys teaching me while I was teaching them. Because whether they taught me something big or little, they still taught me things like how to actually properly run the class and how to keep them interacted. But they taught me some really good things that I can use for next year. Thank you. Let's close with a prayer. Lord, thank you for young people who answer your call. We ask for their boldness to step out and to go forth in where you're directing us. And all these things in Jesus' name, amen.